Hey, welcome back to another episode of Stray Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television, uh, the glorified version of a bass fishing talk show. As you can see, I'm not Pat Renwick. Um, I am Ryan Whitaker. I will be your, your host, your fill-in host for the night. I usually sit over there. Um, Pat is in Texas doing his big Bassmaster thing. He's big-timing us. He's down there. He's hanging. That's going to be our, our first guest of tonight, actually, is going to be Pat Renwick. And John Cox. And I think Brandon Lester might be sitting in. So those guys are going to be in a garage somewhere in Texas. Yeah, there's the, there's the audience. They love those guys. Um, Pat's got this new job with Bassmaster. We're all excited for him. Uh, he's running the Marshall program. I'll let him tell you more about it. Um, the other person, our, our main guest tonight is no other than the happiest guy in bass fishing, Charlie Hartley. There they are again. They, who doesn't love Charlie Hartley? <laughs> uh, I brought a couple friends with me tonight, um, one of which uh, was on this show for a number of years. And let's get a big round of applause for the return of JP, the hip-hop fisherman. <laughs> What's up, dude? What's up, Good to be back. It's Good weird to back. see you back in here again. It, it's weird to be back. Do you I feel mean, weird? You feel weird? It's changed a little bit in here. I mean... Pat's got his jerseys ha hanging on the wall now. That's new. <laughs> He's also got his dirty pants hanging on yeah, the wall. Yeah, the ripped jeans are still here. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, but awesome to have you in here, man. It's been like several years since we've been in here together. Yeah, word. Yeah. It's good to be back. Yeah, yeah. And new to Stray Cast, um, filling in tonight as a co-host, we've got none other than Josh Sokol. How's it going? Josh How's is back in the corner. Well, the crowd loves Josh. Too. Josh is actually on both screens, which is fun. Yeah. Um, Josh is a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, works for an awesome tackle shop, Angler's Outlet, uh, Chicago Land Tackle Shop. Um, Josh is a he knows bass fishing. That dude knows bass fishing. What's up, Josh? Are you nervous? Uh, a little bit nervous right now. <laughs> Not as much as me. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Voice it's and just all. the backs basket. Got to be Pat Renwick's <laughs> hair double today. That's going to be a tough bid. Yeah, that's really, I didn't want to tell you that, but that's really the reason you're here is because there was going to be a lack of hair in this room. That's and Josh has, Josh has the locks. So yeah, don't mean salmon. He's got the brown locks. Uh, but no, awesome <laughs> to have you here, Josh. Oh, uh, happy to be on. Thanks for having me, folks. Yes, yes. Uh, and of course, uh, producing this show and making sure I had everything uh, through all my nerves of the first hour leading up to this thing. Andrew Ellenberger, the Ginger Ninja. You all right, buddy? Yes, <laughs> You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're you good. got it. We're good. It's hard, you know. Pat Renwick as a host, that is that is hard to uh, live up to, and I'm not even going to try. But we're going to get through the show. Uh, yep. But thanks, Andy. I appreciate it. Um, as always, Straycast is the place to win free stuff every Wednesday night. Um, and all you have to do is like, and share the live feed on Facebook and drop a comment and you will be automatically put into a randomizer. And tonight we're going to be giving away a Berkeley pack courtesy of Pat and John Cox Berkeley party, super fun pack. Um, I know someone that won the last one and it was awesome yeah, what, and I wanted it. What could be in a pack from those two? <laughs> Probably some Maxent, I'm guessing, which is, definitely you know, stinks. if you haven't used it, 
it's good. Um, and our other giveaway tonight is a uh, tin cup party fun pack. If you get some tin cup and some accent, you're, you're going to have some fun. It could get weird. But, uh, like and share the live Facebook feed. It's free. Just do it. Take it off private also. Do not, do not privatize your Facebook sharing. Um, you want that public. That's the only way you have a chance to win. Um, what else? Oh, hey, let's bring on the let's bring on the whiskey gypsy. Is he ready? Luke's Foley. What's going on, guys? Oh, hey, you got a hat on. I sure do. <laughs> What's going on tonight? I'm just sitting around the house. Not out anywhere, drinking. Can't wait to watch the show. And, uh, you know, with two tournaments back-to-back in Texas, I told Courtney I need to get my hat out. Absolutely, man. You know, why didn't, why didn't we think of that? We didn't even dress Texas. That's slipping. Right. We're slipping. That's um, all right. That's all right. I'm going to give you time to catch up because that may or may not be the word of the night. <laughs> What's the word? Ten the cup word. drinking where we're going to go with Texas. Well, yeah, as always, we play a 10-cup whiskey, word of the week drinking game on this show. Like and, uh, like and share. Yes, like and share. Um, but Luke comes on to give us that word, and what do you got What do you got for us tonight, Luke? We're going to go with Texas. Every time anybody Texas. says Texas, take a drink. All right. You need called take off drink. work, I'll do it for you, no problem. Could be. It doesn't have to be whiskey. No, uh, no. Anything you're sipping on, sip responsibly. But uh, every time you hear the word Texas, and we're on, I think, four already, take a sip. Yeah, absolutely. Could be water, iced tea. Got to pace yourself. JP, how you been, bud? I hadn't seen you in a while. I'm good, Luke. How are you? You're the real. uh, You're not a villain. You're the real whiskey gypsy. Uh, I suppose. But, you know, you you become a big tackle manufacturer. I don't see anymore. You hurt my feelings. I'm a sensitive guy. You you become a big uh, liquor distributor. I don't see you anymore. Well, this you can stop oh, coming well, around. Thought you're mad at me or something. I don't know. I, I love you, bud. Love you. No, guys. We need we need to see you down here. You need to come down and fish. No, I'm going to do a Great Lakes trip with you guys for sure this year. Absolutely, come in uh, like 30 days. R- real smallmouth. All right, all right. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go out if the wind's blowing though. Well, yeah, we might not go then because it always blows <laughs> the spring. Now, come down when it's west. Well, All, right. Yeah. All right. That'll so, be fun. What have you been out? Have you been getting out? I mean, it's been warm in the air. It it's has been, been, but then it gets cold again, and uh, I've just been to the pond. I haven't gotten the boat out yet. I've had a lot of things. You know, we, we have Tequila 1800 and had a partnership with the All-Star Game that was in Indy, so I was busy with that for a couple weeks. The PBR is in town this weekend, and we make Pendleton Whiskey, which is the title sponsor for that. So this weekend smoked. So I don't know, maybe next weekend I'll get out. But I've been out the pond a handful of times and caught a few, you know, working on some new techniques for next year. So this year. I just got to scratch that itch. I mean, you're live live scoping at the ponds? Hell no. (laughs) I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing any of that. I don't want to mono, JP. Yeah. He's still throwing mono. He ain't scoping up. That's right. I am. I'm still throwing mono. Me and Robertson. Speaking of, uh, I need a co-angler for 
for the BFLs. I, I put it out on Facebook, and all I got back was a bunch of my smart aleck liquor friends saying, oh, yeah, I'll go and be your co-angler and this, that, and the other. I'm like, well, guys, we got to get up super early, and there are all kinds of terrible weather. And, you know, then, of course, you have the Ohio River. And, you know, so, so yeah. far, nobody wants to be my co-angler for the Hoosier BFL. So if anybody <laughs> could help me out, that would be great. I think your problem is the Ohio River. <laughs> Could be. There's uh, there's three events on the Ohio this year, um, so it's uh, it's rough. It's rough. If you pay for JP's Uber, I guarantee you he'd be there. All right, that's you know I can expense Uber, so you know. Oh man, I mean he's two and a half hours away from me, so that'd probably be a pretty good bill. But we'll think of something, JP. You got to win to 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 must win. Yeah, exactly. Must- <laughs> You got to pay to play and, and you cannot win if you do not play. Yeah. There you go. That's the deal. That's the yeah, deal. Well, Hey, thanks for, around. thanks for coming in and giving us the word, Texas, 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 Texas. Accountant. That is the word of the week. Take a sip, uh, sip responsibly, but sip, uh, sip. but th- thanks for stopping in. We'll see you next week. Um, after the second Texas event at fork, and uh, and we're gonna have we should have both winners on next week. I'm hoping so. Um, All right. I'll bring my cowboy hat again. Yes, do that. Different color. I only have one, but ah. we'll see what I can do. All right. Maybe uh, I'll wear my boots during that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear your boots and then put the camera down. We'll there you go. All right. All right. Thanks, Luke. We'll All right. I'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye. Later, dude. Luke Foley. Love that guy. Love that guy. Um, yeah. Hey, Josh. Yes, sir. When you're catching saugers on the Illinois River, what kind of knife are you using to fillet those things? Well, it depends on how big the sauger is. I mean, I'm always using a white river knife, but <laughs> it might be a six-inch, might be a nine-inch. Typically with me, it's more of a six-inch knife. White river knives, so what a surprise. White river knives, those things, you know, in, in all seriousness, I've uh, I've got that six-inch fillet, and that thing is ridiculous. I tried filleting a perch a couple of weeks ago, and I just cut the head off immediately. They're scary, scary sharp. Check them out, White River Knives. Um, as far as tournaments go, tournaments are going to be whipping up soon in our area. And uh, if you're a Derber, Impulse Lithium, you can make money just by using Impulse Lithium. Uh, they're giving away $500 for qualified winners in qualified tournaments. Um, check it out, Impulse. I mean, Lithium is the way to go if you're running a trolling motor and you don't want to charge it for three days. Get on it. Um, Omnia Fishing. Also, right now, I know in the Midwest, I mean, everybody stocks up around this time of year or a little before. Um, Omnia Fishing has everything you need for tournament angling or just regular angling, fun angling, pond angling, big lake, river, whatever. They got it. Uh, OmniaFishing.com. Check them out. Anyway, put the power poles down. We're going to be right back with John Cox and Pat Renwick in a garage somewhere in Texas. Yeah. There's a moment when you're faced with a challenge, and just solving the problem isn't good enough. Even if that means breaking the rules and shredding apart conventional ways of thinking. All in the name of creating something truly remarkable. With this much control at its command, we didn't stop with just one. We created two incredible trolling motors. Introducing the new PowerPole Move brushless trolling motor. This is the mountain, and this is mountain whiskey. Unspoiled, untamed, forever wild. 
There's no safety net. No way down. Up here, it's just man and the mountain and his tin cup. Tin cup whiskey. Mountain whiskey. Want to know the difference between power bait and other soft plastics? Ask the fish. Berkeley scientists have thousands of flavors tested on thousands of fish. Natural, man-made, every bait that's ever hit the water. No matter the shape, size, or color, power bait is the only one that is scientifically proven. Fish bite and will not let go. Omnia Premium Pro gives you the confidence to eliminate dead water on thousands of lakes across the U.S. Exclusively on the Omnia app, use 10 unique data layers containing critical real-time mapping information to see water temperature, water clarity, contours, lake bed hardness, and important weather data all in one place. Matched with Omnia's loyalty credit program on all your tackle and gear needs, this is the only app you need in your arsenal for success on the water. Welcome back to Straight Cast Outdoor Cartoon Television. Um, we're going to check in with, I believe, three guys. Uh, again, somewhere in Texas, in some court of, some sort of uh, cool garage. Uh, please welcome in John Cox, Pat Renwick, and Brandon Let. No, no, Brandon Lester. He's, All right. Brandon Lester is our surprise sneak tonight. Show, ah. So let's pretend we didn't announce Brandon Lester yet. <laughs> And, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's John Cox. Hey. John Cox. Yes. What's up, Johnny? Hey, man, what's happening? So what? I've, I've been here. There's, there's been a buzz going around about this garage. What's going on in this garage? <laughs> I mean, what's not going on? In I this mean, garage? you, you should see this garage. I mean, it like. So this is a compound. Uh, can I tell him whose place this is? is sure. That, okay. So you know Tom Reddington, of course, Ryan. Absolutely. In Fast Galaxy, and yes. this is. Brother Dave's compound. He's got a pond with like nothing. There's 11s and up in it. I mean, John and I and Brandon were out there. We each got two 11s each. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean it's pretty dang good. Are you um, serious? We're shooting wild boars. Uh, we're eating giant uh, ribs, uh, rib racks, and just living like kings. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. This is quite a compound. I'm not going to kid you. Dude, this is how all bass. professional bass fishermen live. Just for those out there that don't know, most bass fishermen are. Are rich do do those bass eat uh large slices of chocolate cake john uh they actually their favorite food is bologna okay <laughs> that is what they like <laughs> remember when you killed the bass once from feeding a cake i, I actually i was feeding in a pack of hot dogs today <laughs> and, uh, the nitrates i think and the hot dogs <laughs> did them in so you know yeah. For you hot dog eaters out there, just one hot dog a day, not a whole pack. <laughs> you glizzy eaters out there, be careful. For you hot dog eaters out there, I don't think that's ever been said ever. That's the first time that's ever been said. <laughs> Ryan, you doing okay? You're doing a great job. I'm, I, I'm watching you. You're doing great, bud. I'm freaking out. No. Are I'm, you? I'm okay. No. I was at first, but where are right now? I left um, you guys plenty of tin cup mountain whiskey. Like I said to you, Pat, you were like, you were like, you'll be fine. It's, you know, it's easy. You just talk to people like no one, hardly anybody does this, right? Like talks on a live show on the internet. It's not a, 
you think it's very normal. It's not normal. You're very good at it, but well, thank you're you. at Renwick. Um, there's something, there's something different with you. So, yeah, it's <laughs> see the twitch. You said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see the twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hey, told me you never get nervous, I know, I know that you're different now because there's no way to not get nervous doing something like this. But it, but it's cool. It's cool. I'm fine. Um, I'm John. just so uncomfortable with myself that I don't get nervous. That's the key. <laughs> Maybe that's the key. Yeah, I feel <laughs> so awkward inside that it just doesn't matter. So outside of that. <laughs> John, I got to I got to know about this clun shirt. What the hell is up with this clun shirt? Oh man, you, you know, it's crazy. We, you know, Pat was my marshal the other day. We we get to the spot. Um, you know, it, it's just not happening in there. I'm I'm thinking about leaving. Uh just the, the conditions aren't right. He was spinning. I, mean, I was. My brain was going. I didn't really didn't have anywhere else to go because it was so windy. And uh Pat was like, "Hey, I Got something that Rick gave you, and it was a shirt. It was a Melissa top. made yeah. it. And, I mean, it was Melissa like it was a large mouth bass color. And uh, as soon as I put it on, I went to catch it. And it was just Smashes a horse. Yeah, I mean, just wow. I, I put it on and like threw, threw my fritz side out there. Instantly caught one. Is there a feeling or anything when you put that thing on? Did something happen? I, honestly, it was. It was kind of like. You know, because you know, I had my jersey on and everything, and I was kind of uptight and I was wound up. You know, first. Bassmaster Elite event, and uh, yeah, it was like it just like eased my mind, and it was kind of like you know me and Pat were just like out on a you know two buddies out on a fishing trip, you know, and uh, man, I mean <laughs> we had a blast. We started catching them, and he was uh, catching them. I was they, watching. They, I, I, I was and they were just coming in one after another to this one spot. It was cool that I was making this cast. So it was it was crazy. We'd catch one, two, three. And then it'd be, you know, it'd be kind of still for a minute, and then another batch would come in. You know, we'd catch all all of those. So, uh, yeah, it was definitely the shirt was definitely bringing them in. Are you wearing it right now? Uh, no, I don't. I actually washed it, and it's ready to go tomorrow. It's, it's, a, game, it's a game day shirt. Yeah, can, can I don't I, waste it on a brand. I got like a wicked tie dye, right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, that might be the key with tie. I mean. Maybe that's why the hippies were so chilled out. It wasn't the weed. It was the shirts, the tie-dye. It could be the, the soothing effects. So, right. Yeah. if I may add in, you said if John had a feeling or anything, I felt what I felt was when John put that on, just 50 years of tournament experience just uh, impaling itself to John. Just And right there, it was so I felt that, that, that there was strange powers. Yes, I could feel it in the, in the Bass Galaxy. That's awesome. No, that was that was super For real. Um, uh, a different question here. What, John? You've been in the boat with Pat several times. What's what's that like? I've been in the boat with Pat a lot. JP's been in the boat with Pat a lot. I need to know from you. What's it like having Pat uh, on the back I, of the I boat? Honestly, now at this point, you know, I, I mean, this is this was our. I don't know how many times, but we have been quite a bit. Uh, man, we catch them when Pat. When I get. We draw with Pat, we're gonna catch him, you know. And, I'm good for 18 a day. Yeah, and I mean, you draw me, and, and you're good for 18. Yeah, I mean, so, that's so yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, it was a blast. I mean, you know, it's 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 crazy how you know having someone uh, with such positive energy, uh, how much it just uh, you know affects the day, you know. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah everybody's it, everybody's had that downer in their boat that just yeah, oh yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, if I could take that every time, I would. 
Um, <laughs> he asked for me every yeah, time. Yeah. He honestly does. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, of all that stuff and riding in the boat, I don't know if anybody knows, but um, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special uh, surprise guest here in the compound. And if you don't mind, if I if I bring him aboard the crazy train right now, Ryan, bring, bring him aboard. But the Let's one go. and only Mr. Brandon Lester, Bassmaster Elite Series Angler B. Lester. Look at this guy. Yeah, come on in the crest liner. I like it. Brandon, were you out there feeding uh, bologna to the bass? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they get 10 pounds and bigger, they really like bologna. Is that right? Yeah. It's the is that with the little cheese chunks in it or without? Or is that just a, uh, a conditional thing? They'll eat it either way. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, Brandon uh, got me as a marshal on Pickwick a couple of years ago. And yeah. I think he, he just caught him at pretty much every other cast. I think it was. Yeah. Did yeah. you win that tournament? Yeah. No, he, he came in. A, oh. He came in a close seven. Oh. Or he went top ten. Close to top ten. I thought you did make yeah. top. No. He, he was up real close. Yeah. Oh, that's when I was flooded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this that's is when we went by the bra tree. Oh remember? yeah. Where there's yeah. the tree with oh, all the bras yeah, and candy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Is this going to become a this this might become a thing then? This might become a thing. These guys might be lobbying to have you in the boat. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, if they want the coverage too, you're doing that, Pat. Tell us about, I mean, you haven't talked about this much, what you're doing with bass. Like, congratulations again well, for, thank you. For, for the job. I mean, we're all, I, I think probably after a week of knowing you, I told you, and I was like, why are you not working for Bassmaster? You should be working for Bassmaster. That was like <laughs> 10 years ago or something like that. And well, so well, this, till the day you got hired, I thought that. And I'm so happy to see you there. It means a lot, Ryan. Thank you for saying that. And honestly, you know, it's a dream come true. I've lived and breathed the blue and gold since I was a little boy. I was the kid running to the mailbox, getting the Bassmaster. And it's, and I mean, and, it, and it's amazing to like be on tour and the knowledge I soak in, um, as well as um, making new butts. I mean, Johnny, Brandon, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Um, I'll tell you something a lot of people don't know, but since it's our show, Ryan, I'm going to disclose this. I, I got, I got the job. It was kind of unfair. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So. I, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm really shy and, um, <laughs> called up Chase. Yeah. I called up Chase Anderson and he's the president of the bass. And I told him that I think Gray Scott would like me to work for him. If Gray wow. Scott was still around, that's a true story. And, um, and, uh, it wasn't an instant hire. I had to go through a, a very strict BASS screening process. And I'm still on double secret probation, but I'm really happy <laughs> to be here with them. And that's that mo uh, most of all of that is true that I just told you. Wow. <laughs> most of all that. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is awesome though. So what, so tell us what you're doing exactly. Like, so, uh, so the program? at this point, uh, I I'm doing the, I'm uh, here to accentuate the Bassmaster Marshall program. I'm riding with the professionals on Thursdays and Fridays. Um, and, uh, if you don't know what the Bassmaster Marshall program is and you're listening out there or watching, um, it's an opportunity to go out with some of the most amazing anglers on the planet like these guys right here. Yeah. I mean, Ryan, think if uh, think if you could have uh, uh, back in the day gone and played baseball with Ivan de Jesus. <laughs> I mean, the equivalent of that. You know my heroes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that no, it is amazing. I mean, yeah, there's no other sports like that. You can't jump in a NASCAR and go for a spin. No, for real. You can't go play ball with Mike Jordan. You know what I no. mean? Back no. in, 
can't do unless that. you're playing for lots of money, then he'd probably play it. Yeah, then you can buy your way in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. here it's less than five bucks. No, it is it is incredible. It's uh it's all you've been pond bassing down there. I've been smashing. You've you been catching them. Ooh. <laughs> Man, I didn't catch nothing today. I, I I even went in a stock pond here and didn't get a bite. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got one behind I the baloney. I could have been on the on the baloney pattern right there. Has there been any uh, any ritual hazing from Bassmaster? Uh, no, but I did. Here's a true story. This is pretty cool. Uh, so <laughs> it's not a true story. I just made up. It's a true story. The um, so I'm out there at the uh, at the Toledo bend. I didn't even right. tell you guys this. And they got me that like on Saturdays and Sundays I'm on land and doing miscellaneous interviews. Like I was in the crowd doing stuff, kind of like Z used to do. You know, when I was doing okay. that for social media. Well, I get a little tappy-tappy on the shoulder, and it's about a 450-pound Louisiana sheriff, all right? <laughs> and he's asking me for credentials. And I said, you're just profiling me, aren't you? You're profiling me. I start messing. I thought somebody was punking me. You know what I mean? They don't like the long oh, hairs down there. No, he, he showed. I, I had to show credentials. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, I know I look a little rough, bud, but I got a purpose here. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, Pat. Uh, hey, Jay. Tell the people what time you got to get up in the morning. <laughs> I got to get up at, at 4.45 tomorrow. And, uh, or no, I got to be at the deal at 4.45 tomorrow. And I, I, and I told Lisa that was kind of unfair. When John, with John, it's usually like, he's like, oh, we're taking off at 7. I roll in quarter to 7. We're off, boom, doing our thing. Yeah. Do, Not, do you, are you getting up earlier than the anglers you're sitting with? Yeah, probably, because they know I'm late for stuff. They know I'm late, so they're doing the stuff like my parents used to do, and they're like, Pat, come to 445, and it's really got to be there like five. Yeah, but they make sure I'm there. That's part of that hazing process. That must be the hazing. You're right. That's the the number. There you go. I got another question uh, for all three of you. Yeah. I know this might be cheating, but can I get a fantasy fishing pick from all three of you? Go, go, John Cox. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I'm gonna have to go with Brandon. I mean, you know, he thinks he's been seeing carp on his live scope, but when he comes in with <laughs> 40 pounds tomorrow, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, they're bass." I'm <laughs> uh, pretty sure they're. And Pat, Pat, you're in the mix. Give me a, give me a real one. Yeah, who you got? I don't. They're... Wow, real one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not so no John Cox is not your real pick. He's not telling. Yeah, they, they, they are. They are. Make the cut last. Yeah, yeah. Rough cut. Uh, I'm going Virgil Ward, Bo Dowden, and uh, Tommy Martin. You guys are no, absolutely yeah. no help. I'm trying to win a, you know, the prize pack. I don't know any more than you do, and I haven't talked to the guys intentionally. No, what am what am I doing this? For? Ray, Ray O'Breckenridge has been sandbagging all week. I heard. I mean, he probably has, yeah. and you can't count Tommy Martin. Not the whole Hep Hill gang. No, Stanley Mitchell. No, they're all. They're all out of them. <laughs> John, I, uh, I, there was a, there was a buzz going around between Pat's phone and my phone about uh, some, some new crankbait called the Cockside. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, Dude, are you supposed to talk about that? Yeah, we, I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about that or not. But are you? If it's okay talking. if you're not, we were, but if you I, want John, to, I'd love to John hear. And about I were it. talking, and Brandon's like, "Don't talk about." I told him not to do. Yeah. It. And then I would have kept that secret in the bag, but yeah. Well, well, you don't uh, have to give it all up, but what what, what I heard you oh, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe I mean, pretty much mod. what it was is a fruit side five. I was throwing it and I was catching tons of this, uh, you know, stuff that grew up from when the lake was down. It was getting all over the hooks. And it it's witch hair. It's kind of yeah. like this, but green. Oh, it was terrible. 
And yeah. uh, so I got down to the boat and I was like, I'm going to cut this bill in half. And uh, Pat was like, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And uh, <laughs> I cut it across it uh, as close as I could and it ran perfect. And I caught 20 pounds on it. Wow. <laughs> He trimmed it with cutters. Like you're able to cut that without it cracking or anything like that. It didn't the building crack when you're cutting it. I mean, it's like pretty rigid plastic. I would think. I mean, I'm telling you, I had the clun shirt on, just stuff. (laughs) I couldn't do it wrong. You know, I mean, I cut the bill on on a crankbait, perfect with the parasite. I mean, with braid braid scissors, pretty much. Hey, you want to give away a cockside? Why not? All right, let's do it. Like and share the live Facebook feed right now, and we're gonna send you a cockside. Just put that in the put that in the Berkeley uh, Fun Party Pack. No, no, party this is the whole pack. other one. Oh, this is separate. We're doing now. another one. We, okay. We're already I'll, giving I'll away. Actually, a- I'll cut the one off from that tournament. Really? Wow. No, you're doing that? Yeah, because I mean, more Brandon, likely, you're gonna enter. I'm uh, yeah. I'm like share. I mean, more likely. Hang on, hang on a second. We're gonna cut another one, and it's not gonna run straight. <laughs> Yeah, that. So, uh, yeah, well, no, you better keep that one. I would keep that one, Johnny. Can we just that keep Brad? Yeah, Andy, give it to Andy. Andy, uh, Andy, Andy, uh, in there too. Right, I got it. it. Yeah, uh, it's weird. My name came up again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is just—is that—is that something you just thought of at the time, or have you done that before? Uh, you know, I actually been uh, doing it and talking about it for maybe a year and a half now. Really? Oh, really? Talking to who yourself? Yeah, Brandon. Brandon, <laughs> yeah. Brandon tells me to keep my mouth shut, but you know, but yeah, I mean, no, it, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, at certain times, I mean, for that instance, I mean, that was perfect. You know, that's Absolutely. it needed to be trimmed, and uh, a lot of times, you know, you're not throwing it around that kind of stuff. You don't have to trim it, but that's so wild. Brandon, you got anything? Uh, you got any mods that uh, people might not know about? You want to give up? Hmm. He's like, what's the worst one? I mean, Not for this derby, well, but but you know. Tell him what you caught that Levantine. So I'll tell you what, I will give you one since we're in the giving spirit. Okay. So I there's gonna be a lot of bladed jigs, chatterbaits thrown in this tournament, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> they make some little stickers that go on the blade of a chatterbait. You seen those? Yeah. That's that's sneaky, like that's like a, like a, like a, like a yeah, colors yeah. and the so you can get them on lure parts online. Okay, that's that's where you get them from. Uh, Lowen was selling them, but I'm, that sounds like a Bill Lowen uh, sneak. Yeah, I hear you. So blue, orange, chartreuse, lots wow. of different colors. So this time of year, I'll take like a green pumpkin and put that little bit of orange on there. Oh man, you old sailor! Really? So is it? So it's a sticker that fits the blade perfectly, it, or you it's just add cut the plan? Well, it's cut the actual um, same shape as the blade on the chatterbait. Wow. wow. And it just goes on. The, you can put one on both sides. I just put one on the under Wow. So that makes sense now when you're like, oh, green pumpkin chatter is killing them. And I can get a bite on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's know, just something it, different. He left the blade piece. Modifying. Yeah. But you've been high. talking about a side for a year and a half. Right. Yeah. He's just giving you the chatter chicken. Delight I'm just now. big on being different. I just want to be a little bit different than everybody else. I mean, all right. I mean, you guys give up this stuff, but you won't give me a real fantasy fishing pick. What the heck? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you one. I'll give one. Wait, what are you going to? Vegeta. I'm going with Vegeta too. Yeah. Wait, what? What did you say? Yeah, yeah. Vegeta. Uh, yeah, we we already are picking Vegeta for AOI yeah. for the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's just yeah. going to win them all. 
got a bigger deucer than the rest of us. <laughs> Kids got something. I, I am jealous. To be honest yeah. with you, when I look at what I have up front and I look at what everybody else has, I, I do feel a little less. Even jealous. Brandon's got a big Really? Deucer. I mean, yeah. I mean, she's Brandon. What do, what do you have on your boat right now, John? Because I know uh, you went from nothing to a, something. So I have a, uh, a four tracks and I have one 16 Lawrence up front with no transducer. It's big. It is big. Yeah. So just for mapping. Oh, yeah, 16 yeah. inches of map. He maps on it. Yeah. I like put notes in it, you know, and then <laughs> so when I'm you know fishing, I'm like, oh, you had a bite over there. It was cool. He yeah. turned it on and then stuck his rod in the water and saw it was two foot just to make sure it was two and check the hardness. That is the map. So crazy, man. I love it. And the four tracks is just because it's quieter, right? Uh you know, I like it. I like how it has the spring in the front. Um, you know, a lot of the uh you it's know, durable. Yeah, it's durable. Like a lot of times, you know, you, the, the spot lock <laughs> ones don't really fold up under the boat like the Fortrex does. You know, so you like to run into things at full speed. Uh, yeah, accidentally, exactly. yes, yeah, <laughs> on purpose, evidently. Yeah. <laughs> John, uh, convince me to uh, throw some fire line this year. Okay, so uh, if you haven't, uh, you know. I don't, I just don't know how anybody doesn't throw fire line. Like it's, you know, it's flat. It goes on your spinning reel really well, super sensitive, absolutely zero give. I mean, it's when you're talking about driving that hook in a fish, I mean, it, it is just, uh, it's not even close to regular braid. And, uh, I don't know why everybody doesn't throw fire line. Really? So I threw it a long time ago. Has it changed or is it? When you were a kid. I mean, I'm talking, yeah, like, I probably haven't thrown it in 15 years, something like right. that. Right. Oh, so, that time? so a tip about the fire line is that the sizes are different. So it's not like braid. Like you're not going to get 10 pound fire line uh, and it's going to be anywhere near like 10 pound fire line is going to be a lot thicker than 10 pound braid. So you're looking at, you know, you're wanting to be in that six uh, to eight pound fire line range for your spinning rods. You can even go down to four if you want. But that's what you, you know, that's about the size you want on your spinning rods. And are you using it on, on casting rods too at all? Flipping? Uh, I have a little bit, rod? but uh, mostly just on spinning rods. Okay. So the six to eight. All right. I'm going to try, yep, it. Six to eight. I'm, gonna try I, it. I'm a non-professional angler and I mostly suck. But <laughs> you got me using that fire line on, I was flipping with the 20 pound last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I had no problems with it. Yeah. Zero. yeah. 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 Zero. So a 20 pound fire line. Yeah. Yeah. So 20 pound fire lines, you know, like 40, 50 pound braid, you know, but a little thinner. Wow. Hey, you, Ryan, yeah. I got to tell you something re real cool on behalf of, uh, on behalf of Brandon here. So I, one of the fun things about hanging out with these guys is, you know, we're peeking around in the boats. I want to see what these guys are working <laughs> with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, what you got going on over there, Brandon? He's got a whole line of rods now. From uh, Mustad, and uh, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty badass. I want to tell you, we have we have a different rod partner on the show, but they can, no, they can cool. tell them about your deal. You got to design all those. Dude. That's badass. Yeah. yeah what's going on? It was a neat opportunity. Um, came about, I guess, about two years ago or so. And actually, that's how John and I met back in the beginning of my career. And early on, and his, we worked for an actual rod building company, so we both built our own rods. Right. And we learned a lot about what makes a good fishing rod, you know. Well, then 
that deal kind of fell through, whatever. Well, I was telling Mustad about it, and they're like, perfect timing. We've been thinking about getting in the rod business. So they said, how would you like to put your name on a line of rods? So I uh, I sat down and wrote out every – there's 14 different models. There's three cranking models, three spinning models, eight bait casting models that will do everything you need to do when it comes to bass fishing. So it's Wow. Cool. When, when are these going to be available? They're available now. They are. They're available now. Wow. Midway USA? Yeah, MidwayUSA.com. And and I'll tell you, like, you know I'm kind of a, a rod geek. I'm a, I'm bougie when it comes to that stuff. Yes, I do know <laughs> that. He's laughing at me because he knows. Oh, it's real. He's, he's so, By I, the I way, know. you left a lot of them here, so. Uh, yeah, 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 don't go in the fishing room. You keep Josh and JP out of there. The, uh, but, touch um, the drum set. They're like custom rods. I'm telling you, check them out. They're pretty cool. Dude. Good job on that deal, for real. That's I'm, awesome. Love the hooks. Uh, but uh, had no idea. That's really cool, John. Uh, back to John. Back to John. Um, well, you, John. <laughs> I heard uh, there may have been some imperial interference, or whatever you want to call it, with uh, a spot or two. Well, let me put it this: I, May I interject? Yes. I when it may what I put it about. So yeah, that's what I'm gonna tell you. Uh, so when you because he he pre-interviewed me for you. Oh yeah, that's how uh, that's how we did it. In the past uh, talks, uh, right. business. Okay. So, would it, would it let, if I may ask you, mm -hmm. I will say, so John, you got your spot on day two. With a oh, I've already, I've already blocked this out. Man. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I took Jason. If you don't want to talk about it, that's I'm cool. Sorry. We can talk about uh, Coca-Cola. We might as well talk about it now that we're talking about well, it. Well, sorry. But, yeah. I mean, Way to go, Ryan. Way to I, host the show. I got into <laughs> Nice uh, tip, Pat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It only took me a week to get over that. But uh, <laughs> it really did. I mean, I mean, sometimes uh, talking it out is good for you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I good mean, therapy. I, yeah. Everybody, you know, uh, it was a nice second day of the tournament. Uh, it wasn't that windy. And uh, uh, when I got to that little stretch I was fishing, there was uh, three people fishing in the line that I was casting, uh, you know, where I was getting all the bites. And um, yeah, I was just, you know, tried to kind of, see if I could, you know, make that cast and see if they could give me some room. And uh, they just kept catching. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I couldn't get bit. Like, so and then I ended up leaving and, um, you know, tried to force plan B and uh, it, it really didn't work. And we nice. missed a check by one pound. On <laughs> I mean, that's the seriousness of it. You know, even though you were yeah. getting cocks blocked over there, <laughs> yeah. completely yeah. cocks blocked. Yeah. You got cocks blocked. Yeah. The, um, but I mean, that's the reality of it, man. And you're, I, where's the other guys fishing skinny? That uh, were at, like that were come. I mean, in that position. Oh, I, I it, it wasn't our guys from the tournament. No, 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 just, no, no. I know that. I mean. You were what I should say is you were one of the only guys oh, that, yeah. with that type of weight fishing. Yeah, like that. Well, that spot was very special. Like yeah. it was. I mean, uh, you know, it was. You know, it was just. It all kind of happened when we figured that out. Uh, you know, getting bit in that line and kept catching. And uh, yeah, so like, I mean, I think it was something. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I understand everybody's fishing. I just, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I can't. I mean, I don't go to. Any, I don't go to their job and mess with them while they're trying to feed their family or anything, but, uh, yeah, yeah it's whatever, you know, it's, you it's, know, uh, down to their job and slap it. Yeah. Yeah. It'll happen to somebody here this week. Yeah. yeah. It's a, str and, yeah. 
it's a story we've heard so many times and it, it's just, it's such a, you know, as an, as an outsider, not, you know, not fishing professionally. It's just like, I can't even wrap my head around how devastating that would be. And it's yeah. such a reality for you guys. And the other reality is there's probably nothing you could ever do about it. No, you know? it, there is a flip side to it too. So like, uh, when I won at Rayburn, uh, whatever, a few years ago, or actually it might've been, that was like four years ago. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. But, uh, Seems like it. yeah, when I won there, uh, I didn't have a spot. So it, it, in my favor worked for me because I was just running random stuff in the guys that actually had the winning spots uh, were ne- never able. Once they would catch them one day, they were never able to get back on those spots again. So, you know, so like I ended up wow. winning the tournament, just running random stuff the last two days because of that, you know, so, you know, I don't know. Changes the whole dynamic here. Oh, it changes. I hate it. I hate it for you guys. I hate that you have to do it. I wish they could. You know, if if there's ever a tournament that comes in the area and I can get out there and try to stop that from happening, I'll do it. But you know, it's like it's so ridiculous. Um, all right. I know you guys got to get up early. I got I got one last question for both of you, John and John and Brandon, and uh, that is, you know, this this fork tournament for all the viewers that are going to be watching the Lake Fork tournament. You guys are weighing fish in the boat catch way and release what's is there anything different uh you're gonna do is there any different approach for this style of tournament versus putting them in a live well can i answer that for them <laughs> just catch well, all you're gonna be weighing them just so. catch all yeah. big fish yeah that's i mean that's say that again Pat. i missed it just catch all big fish that's, that's all big. pretty much but there's yeah. nothing i mean it, it it, there's nothing where it could keep the school intact a little more or maybe break up the school more by releasing them, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I think we will catch uh, a lot of the same fish. I mean, I know one spot I caught 20-something pounds one day, uh, and in the next day I couldn't catch them, but another guy rolled in, he caught 30-something pounds. Oh, you know, and, and I, I you know probably caught some of those same ones that I caught the day before. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of neat. You know, it really, uh, you know, uh, you know, it really looks good and you know, we catch a lot of big fish and, uh, you know, it's, it's probably good for the, you know, the fish spawning right now too, that, uh, yeah. you know, allow to let them to go back, you know, someone could catch a male and then let it go, you know, wait, let it go. And then, you know, hours later, a female could roll up with that fish, you know, so. There it, will uh, be flatfish caught multiple times tomorrow. Awesome. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, I would think. I, I hope not. Yeah. They got to be 24 or better. To, to put in the live well. Right, yeah, to put in the live well. That's Twenty-four. It. Wait, the same guy can't catch the same. No, no, no. no, no I'm no, talking multiple times. Yeah, yeah. no, you different, can't go jacking the same fish no, off of it. No, you got no, the I wrong league, we, bud. This yeah. is I think that was covered. Yeah, that was covered last year. We got, rules, last year, <laughs> we got rules at the blue and gold. <laughs> you can do it the next day, right? Yes, you can yeah. do it the next. Day. Oh hell yeah, yeah. If it's still there. Yeah, that's that's a different dynamic. Absolutely. Hey, can I ask you guys a question real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. So your starting spot tomorrow, mm-hmm. where, where is that? <laughs> <laughs> At the ramp. No. Hey, um, everybody's guys. Do you know who's coming on next? Do you know who's coming on next? Charlie Carter. Oh, oh wow. yeah. Do you, you love Charlie? Like oh, I love Charlie. Oh yeah, for sure. Charlie's you guys all smiled when you said Charlie Hartley. Yeah. yeah. Brandon says cool. he's the happiest guy he's ever met. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man. Who doesn't want to talk to that guy? Charlie yeah. brings good cheer. Nope. But for yeah. real, tomorrow your your start starting spot. What's the confidence level? Starting spot, confidence level one to ten. Ten being the best. 
Here's your here's your fantasy tip. Six and a half. Wow. And a half. Put him in. So Pretty good. Uh, I'm actually going to try to start where Brandon's not going to start. Okay. <laughs> so your confidence yeah. levels are high. Here's your fantasy tip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, you guys are going to fish different spots together. <laughs> At the same time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. we don't know. We, where, where are my fishes? I don't. Know. I honestly don't know where I'm I really start. don't know either. Yeah, it, so it's crazy. Give us some thought at some point. But yeah, for you guys that have back home, that know, I mean, it's been like the most crazy warming trend. Water, like you know, got up to. It's probably almost got into the yep. 70s, and then we had a 40 degree change in temperature. And it uh, was brutal overnight. Cold. Oh, and I mean, I'm brutal talking. Cold. So I think we already had what a 10 degree drop in water too. Yeah, yeah. And then we got tonight's going to be cold. It's probably going to drop even more. Uh, you know, it is setting up really good for the scopers. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? So, but it'll be funny either way. We're on Lake Ford. Ah, you guys will find. Why does that happen? Um, no, you guys will do great. But I really want to thank you guys for coming on. I don't want to keep you up late. I know you got to get to bed. Pat's got to get to bed. I can tell he's already. Yeah, they, I got to get up earlier than these guys. So that's right. <laughs> that's why. And, that's uh, why you stopped derb fishing. You didn't like waking up early and look at you now. Yeah, I did. And and I wanted to be at Arby's at like eleven all the time. That's right. There's an Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan, JP, yep. Josh, thank you very much. You're doing a phenomenal job, and uh, Andy Ellenberger, of course. I was just telling these guys. Man, I don't realize how good of a producer that cat actually is till I see him in action from afar sometimes. So uh, thank you, guys. You're doing an amazing job. Thanks for holding down the fort. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. And uh, and thank you guys for coming on. And uh, go sack them tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be back next week, uh, regularly scheduled with uh, with uh, some more Texas talk. That's right. That's right. A couple of moves. Maybe one of these guys. Maybe one of these guys again next week. God, I need I never know. And I might have an interpreter for uh, for, for John. John wins. I might have. Oh, an you see oh, oh you think, yeah. <laughs> for Fujita. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks, All right, guys. guys. Thanks again. We'll see Get you some guys. sleep. Good luck. John Cox, Brandon Lester, Pat Renwick. These guys are awesome. Yeah. Love John Cox. Crazy Love Brandon time. Lester. Just hammers. Dude's just doing garage things. Yep. Yep. Doing garage stuff. I can't believe Pat's going to get up that early. That's yeah. crazy. I don't think that's ever happened. I wanted the Bass Galaxy to know. <laughs> it's true. It's not this deal. You get a Bassmaster job, you can get them up. Anybody who's playing fantasy fishing right now, every single one of them are sandbagging. You best pick both of them right now. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's on a six. A six is good. Yeah. A six is six good. Six is real good for him. Well, you got a problem with six? Six is good. Um, all right, let's put the power poles down. We're going to be right back with none other than Charlie Hartley. That's a pretty good one. Based in Chicago, Illinois, Tightrope Fishing has been designing and producing high-quality tackle for over a decade. Creators of the Baby Firework Super Jig, Bike Getter Spinnerbait, and more, Tightrope products are made by actual bass anglers that understand the need for tested and proven baits that catch fish. Tightrope products are available at tightropefishing.com and your favorite online tackle retailers. Realize your boat's potential with outboard performance accessories that improve the handling, speed, and economy of your boat. Find your perfect accessory from Bob's Machine. Welcome back to Straight Cast. 
And uh, waiting in the wings is the happiest guy in bass fishing, none other than Charlie Hartley. Studio audience. How you doing, Ryan? What's up, Charlie? You're doing a great job. Uh, Is this your first time hosting? (laughs) Yeah. Was it that obvious? No, you're doing great. You're just forgetting one responsibility. Texas. Texas. Yeah, Texas. that's right. Oh, we're on it. Yeah, I still got plenty. All those poor people out there have been waiting to drink. <laughs> we're not going to leave them hanging anymore. Texas, Texas. It doesn't look like Pat's having any fun at all, is he? <laughs> he's he's having fun right now until about 3.30 in the morning until he has to get up. I think he's loving even that. I can he see is. it. I've never seen him glow anymore. It, uh, it's great to see someone that excited, uh, as mature as he is. As Mr. Clun said, never believe your greatest days are behind you. And I mean, that's living proof right there. I'm sure I'm sure he knows that quote very well. He might have it tattooed on him somewhere. He's, I knew uh, I knew after Scott Martin and Rick Klein, I'd be the next uh, one in line to be on your show. So I was waiting for that. I knew I'd be number three after those two. That is um, correct. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was. We had a list. And I, yeah. uh, I, it's been a great day. I fish a Wednesday morning tournament down here in Florida. We weigh in at twelve o'clock, and I was lucky to uh, win and have big bass. And I got to oh. fish with a really good friend today, uh, Terry Seagrave. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. What did well, give us a breakdown? I had no idea you were fishing a derby today. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, I live in uh, my fantasy land down here in the winter, and uh, we have not only Wednesday morning tournaments, once uh, the time changes, we have a Wednesday evening tournament, so I fish two tournaments in one day, uh, which is just, you know, to a bass fishing junkie, it doesn't get much better than that, that's like getting drunk twice in uh, one day, but um I was just on a cruise all last week, I did that for seven days. I, you said you were out of the country, that's wonderful, did you have fun? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the details of the tournament. Uh, um, we uh, uh, we had two really big ones. We had a seven and a half and a six and a half that saved the day. Uh, it wasn't going real well, to be honest with you. We had about an hour to go, and I kept changing and changing up, and uh, we finally got in a stretch where we got two real big ones right back to back, and called out our smallest one. We had nineteen pounds six ounces. Um, and my buddy Terry caught the two big ones behind me on a spinner bait when I was throwing a chatter bait. I was coming over them too fast. Uh, it was amazing to see that difference. I fish most of these tournaments solo, and I wouldn't have seen those two fish because I would not have been throwing a spinner bait. It, uh, I have that happen in tournaments all the time. Your co anglers will show you, especially after practicing alone for five days, you've only done your deal, you know. Right. And you put a different bait in the boat and you go to those same spots where you found located fish and some show you you're not fishing the best bait on those fish. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Well, congratulations on the win. That's, that's fantastic. I, thank you. It, I, I'm uh, so jealous that you're fishing tournaments on a Wednesday right now in February. That's now, a, and, uh, you know, I got to come down here as a teenager. My first trip uh, looking for a 10-pound bass was to the Kissimmee chain way before the internet, way before uh, there were any 10-pounders anywhere but Florida, to be honest with you. Uh, I was at, that's that long ago, and I came down here at 16 years of age with a buddy, 
And for Christmas to New Year's, we slept in a pup tent. We slept on the banks of the Lake Kissimmee. And I dreamt of catching a 10-pounder. Uh, we certainly did not. We slept in a little pup tent and brought a, a, a stump jumper down. We certainly did not catch a 10-pounder. Uh, but when we got down here, uh, one of the guys at the bait stores had a 10-pounder in the shiner tank, and he w let us uh, see him feed it. And if you've ever seen a 10-pounder engulf a shiner out of a guy's hand, uh, it makes you want to go fishing the next morning, let me tell you. I see uh, it all over TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I hate to say it. Um, when we were kids, the only way you could see a 10 pound bass was to be in a boat when a 10 pound bass got caught. Right. And they, you can get on the Internet now and see a 10 pound bass hit a blopper over and over. And I'm afraid it takes some of that away from these it kids. Does. And me, too. It's just like watching too much porn. If you see a 10 pounder over and over, eat a topwater bait. It takes a little out of it when you finally get a 10 pounder. Exactly. It's desensitizing us to everything cool. Every, I, don't, I, I, I hate to it. say that. Um, you know, I just it, mentioned that I was on this cruise for a week and I had no phone for seven days. And, you know, that doesn't sound that crazy, but I was trying to think of the last time I had no phone access for, for seven full days. And we, we won't leave the house without it. Yeah. We won't yeah. leave the house without it now. And we used to, drive all over the country without cell phones. It's crazy. I'll tell you um, this. Though, I loved it. And I would recommend it to anyone. Just go off the grid for, for a week and see how you feel. I mean, it's, that was therapy in itself. Just not looking at the phone. It was, it was time. great. Yeah, I can't even do it while I'm fishing. I, I, I'm so addicted to that daggone thing. And I'll listen to your podcast and live bass tournaments while I'm in bass tournaments, you know, mm. if it's one I'm legally listen to, um, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I, I watch all the live. I'm a huge fan of the sport. You know that. Yeah. Um, and I literally try to fish every day, literally every day. And, uh, to get to have moved down here in the winter, um, after dreaming of that, you know, being a 16 year old kid coming to the Kissimmee chain, it's uh, it's really come full circle. I I love it down here. I get to spend uh, several months, three or four or five, six months or what, you know, it, gets, it depends. Um, but it seems like it goes by like that because, right, uh, right. you know, I've got. Uh, I've but got then you get to go smallmouth fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. And uh, I've got 12 launch ramps within 10 miles of my garage here on different oh lakes. Gosh. Yeah. And That's I've amazing. even I've even got a little saltwater boat down here and I go out and pretend to be a saltwater fisherman uh, when I get bored of catching all these bats. Wow. Charlie, I uh, I like like many of us in the in the Bass Galaxy um, really found out about you in, in 2008 in the classic. I mean, I, I knew who you were before that, but that was really when we got to learn about Charlie Hartley. And that's still to this day you know, in, in the top three classics for me to watch. Uh, and, and it's mostly because of you. I mean, that the bite you were on, I related with so much living on the you know state line of Illinois, Wisconsin, we fish a lot of boat docks, watching you flip boat docks. And, and one of the most exciting things I've ever seen, but what I don't know is I don't know a lot about you before that. And you shared a little bit about being 16, going to Florida, but I don't know your history of how you got into bass fishing, who got you into it, what your biggest influences are. Do you want to take it back to, you know, little Charlie? 
Yep, I was born a I was born a poor black child in Alabama. <laughs> I think that that's from Steve Martin. I think. Oh yeah, um, the jerk is one of my favorite. Movies. <laughs> the jerk. Favorite movies. Um, yeah. yeah, I uh, um, I I knew at a real young age that when I caught a fish, the whole world spun around or stopped for a moment. Uh, right. Even at two and three years old, my mom has pictures of me holding a fish, and and she says I always looked like I had my finger in a light socket when I had a fish. Um, and even holding little perch in pictures as a kid, I'm just lit up. And uh, uh, my drive was to catch big fish. I, I didn't know about tournaments. And you start out catching little ones off the dock. And then by mistake, you catch a bass and you want a bigger one and a bigger one. And I had the good fortune of having a lot of old timers take me out because they appreciated my passion. And I was polite and I thanked them. And uh my dad was not a skilled angler. He was an angler, but not a skilled angler. And uh, uh, I got in a, I was working at McDonald's at 16 or maybe 15. And a guy used to come through the drive through that had a Bass Masters sticker in his pickup and Roland Martin glasses. And I would talk to him and he invited me out on his bass boat. And I got to go out on my first bass boat on a reservoir. And, you know, it just multiplied from there. I became a junior member in the club. And the first year in the club uh, in central Ohio, I finished dead last. And after about five years, I was top guy in the club. And uh, with every stage I moved up, I was not a superstar. I went from there to the BFLs or Redmans. And for the first year, I probably finished at the bottom. Each year I would learn and learn more. I'm a slow learner. It took me a long time to get to a classic, but uh, I always kept showing up. Uh, my my goal, I never showed up at a tournament and looked at the payout, looked at if it was a lake I liked. I knew I was going to go to a lake, learn a whole bunch about fishing, and be with like-minded people. I was fortunate to not have to go there, and I knew I wasn't good enough to go there and, and have to make my living there. I had a job, so I could afford to be there whether I got paid or not. Um, long story short, I kept working my way up. And if you if you do something well enough, every once in a while you screw up and you catch too many and they move you up to another league, you know. And eventually um, I started fishing the Bass Masters and did well enough to make it to the tour level and watch what you wish for because they'll make you fish against – Kevin Van Dam and Mike Iaconelli, and right. you'll really see where you rank in the world. But uh, what, what age are we talking about when you first started? Uh, I was probably, it was, wasn't it? Yep, late 20s or 30 when I made it to the tour level. Okay. I, uh, I was so proud of myself. I won what used to be uh, the Invitationals or the Bassmaster Invitationals. Right. I won the points in the Southern Invitationals and being a Northern boy, uh, I beat uh, Terry Scroggins, won the first two tournaments, um, and uh, I came in second and third in the first two. I thought, man, I'm having a great season, a second and a third, but Scroggins won, oh, you know. And our last one was at Lake Wheeler, and I ended up having a good tournament at Wheeler, and Mr. Scroggins did not. And I won the points in the Southern Opens, and that got you not only up to the tour, but in my first classic. Um, no, yeah, that probably was the first classic, the 2008. Yep. That's okay, that was your first classic. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you and you led, so you led your first classic. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes, and uh, that you was must all have been to, freaking yeah, out. That was all like, due to preparation. I, uh, I, I said in the interviews, I was not the best fisherman there, yeah. but I had the luxury of spending like a month there before it went off limits because mm -hmm. I can run my business remotely. And I, I said, if I'm going to be in the classic, I'm going to be the guy there that knows Lake Hartwell better than anyone in the tournament because I'm not the best fisherman. And it paid off. Uh, we had a really cold classic. So all that pre-fishing, those fish really didn't move out of their winter holes. And uh, it was, uh, the you know, uh, for for name recognition, it was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Uh, uh, most exciting, yeah. you know, even made the uh, the passion greater, you know, that feeling I, I, of. You know, not to cut you off there, but I, oh, I, no, I, I'll I talk truly, all day. I truly believe that. You know, you showed you showed your personality better. I mean, better than so many guys on the tour at that time. Um, when I watched that, I mean, I was so like still, still obsessed with the sport and watch it and participate in it. And you know, we 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 saw each other at at a couple opens a couple years ago out there, and uh, I stood on your skateboard or something like that. But uh, but but watching that, honestly, when I when I picture a jig bite in my head. Like I, I try to get a good picture of a jig bite. I, I'm not blowing smoke here. I think about that one that you caught out of that bush when you're like, I caught my six pounder out of this yesterday. And then you catch one that's, I don't know, four or five pounds out of that bush. You, there's something about that bite and the way that fish wallows that I, I cannot get that visual out of my head. And that video is not even on YouTube right now. I'm trying to find the 2008 classic. I can't find it. If anyone out there is one of those guys that puts them up, please put it up. Cause it's, one of the I, I, I I watched it recently. I uh, you you say it's your favorite classic to watch. I promise you said it's in your top three. I promise oh, it's my favorite yeah. classic to watch. <laughs> I'm sure. It but is. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was incredible. Uh, it, that was just preparation. Uh, and when the, when I ran out of fish, I didn't have a good backup. I, I almost had a chance the last day. I'd made a good move by my gut, but I waited too long and went in some muddy water that had warmed up and almost pulled it out and then blew a bunch of good bites. But uh, most exciting week of my life, I, I call it classic cocaine. Once you've had that feeling, uh, regular life doesn't seem very exciting, you know, after you've led the class. Um, but uh, um, no, all good. I, I've won the uh, I've won the Canadian Open. I've won the Northern Everstarts Points Division. I've won an Open. I've yep. been to two classics. I've uh, fished uh, almost 300 Bassmasters tournaments and like 150 FLW tournaments. Um, I, 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 I love to fish. I, I literally try. I, I mean, like last week, I fished three different tournaments. I fish every day, but there's something, and you know this, you guys all know this, there's something about catching a fish in a tournament that's yes. totally different than catching a fish when you're <laughs> playing around. It makes it, a four, a four and a half inter makes it even in the I mean, Wednesday morning, so much better than, than yeah, when you're you not think I was in the Bassmasters classic you know yeah. when you hook a big one even in a little tournament you want to get that fish in so bad and show it off to your buddies that, yeah so, yeah yeah so absolutely do you, do you rate that that first classic higher than the open win uh for for recognition yes I yeah. mean yeah. Ryan kind of touched on it and you kind of touched on it uh it's a lot of people's favorite classic to watch and yeah. he, he kind of said yeah you really showed your personality and you really did i mean you can tell 
uh, even at the weigh-in, I mean, you were the fan favorite by far that class. It's uh, it's hard looking at yourself. Um, it's one of the biggest fan favorites. In, in I mean, it was real. They were real emotions. The uh, probably the one of the neatest things. The very next year, several people came to me at the first open and said, "I entered the opens. I have a regular job." but I entered the opens because what I saw you did. And if you can do it, I can do it. And I thought that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. There were a lot of guys that said, I'm going to go man and try that. Yeah. It's uh, it's so cool to hear that. I mean, I, that's probably, it's probably true for me too. I mean, it was one of the reasons I was always looking for a reason, you know, to go do it. I always wanted to do it. It was just, you know, it's, it costs a lot of money to go do those things, but that was, I mean, keep, Seeing things like that, reading Iconelli's book, seeing you in the classic, um, you know, Brian Kershaw, watch that as a kid. Like what a story. They all pile up and and nudge us in the direction to go do this. And it's it's our sport is so great for those storylines. You cannot write those storylines. I mean, right people that are supposed to win a tart like uh uh Oh, who's the Bass Nation guy that just won on his home lake? I'm name slipping me, daggone it. Um, the, uh, the national championship winner? Yep. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, just won on, on yeah. his lake on the Coosa River last year um, and just won the nation again. I think he won right. the nation back to back. Yeah, he won that, that divisional. Anyway, I mean, he was supposed to win that tournament. Uh, it seems like good guys win in our sport a lot, and the storylines are so exciting that – you know, Bassmasters has an easy time telling a story because it's right. usually so dramatic. They don't have to add a lot of drama to it. It's it's uh, it's incredible. It really is. Um, and there's there's and, every side of it as well. Like, you know, you, you, you can look at, you know, your story and, and Kershaw's story and even even Iconelli's story. He came from he came from the grassroots. But uh, then you're in the same exact sport with the same competitors. You can have a KVD story. Yeah. Which is just like or a, a dominance. Yeah. Yeah. So inspiring. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Carl Jockinson. What a story. Right, um, right. One after another. Tio, one after another. People, this sport, people are so passionate about catching a fish. They'll come from another country, not be able to speak the language. I always joke about fishing. People don't garden in the rain. They don't golf in the rain, but <laughs> daggone it, we'll go fishing all day in the rain. You know? I never thought about that. Yeah. yeah. It is no, one we love it. We yeah. love it. Now there's there's another one, and I don't want to get too far into this, but there's another sport that we share in common that is had yeah, no, involved <laughs> skateboarding, um, yeah. and that's something that now where you're talking about coming up as a fisherman, where did that all where did skateboard skateboarding fit into your fishing? Because I always struggled as a kid. Even now, I still skate quite a bit. Um, I struggle yes. with, with balancing the two. How how did you do that? Uh, um, I I. I started skateboarding. Well, both of them when I was real young. I was around when the second, or the second, or maybe the first real popular skateboarding phase came through with the guys from out California. like dog Tony, Tony Alpha, Tony Alva. yeah, Adams. Remember all that? Jay Adams, I love you know, my Adams, my yeah. first board was probably a Hobie, you know, with the, yep. the banana Hobie, yeah, Absolutely. and. Uh, uh, I was on TV locally for a skateboard competition before fishing. So I've always been a ham. I always loved the camera, anything star for attention, anything I could do to get attention. So if I could jump off a skateboard ramp and all the girls would look or the te- all the adults would look, that, yeah. that was uh, one of the motivations in fishing. When I was a kid, 
I noticed that the adult that caught the biggest fish got the biggest steak and someone opened a beer for him and he was king for a day. And as a kid, I'm like, I want to catch the biggest fish. People want to take your picture. They ask you about it, you know? So yep. real. And it's something you can do by yourself too. Right. I mean, that, that was always the thing for me is I didn't need, I didn't need anybody yep. to go fishing with me. I didn't need yep. anybody to go skateboarding. I yep. could just go I and do it by myself. More. Yeah. Well, well put. I didn't realize that, but they're both loner sports. I fish alone all the time and it doesn't bother me at all. If someone wants to go along, you're welcome to go, but I'm going fishing anyway. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and it, it's the same thing. You know, you go, you go practice your craft. For me, it's always like, I want, I want to try to perfect my craft and even though yep. I'm never going to by myself. And then, then when you go to the tournament, you fish with your buddies, then you can, you can show it off. You have a good day. Same thing with skateboarding. Your buddies show up. You're like, look what I got. You know, hey, look at this new trick. This. Yeah. 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 They're similar. And uh, there's a similar rush when you pull off a good trick or you get going too fast on your skateboard or you get vertical. There's a similar feeling there. No, and yeah. to me, uh, catching a fish, my brain's always doing this. But when I hook a fish, all of a sudden my brain goes, and there's 30 seconds there where I have one purpose, one focus, one meaning. And that's peace, man. That's like a blissful yeah. feeling for a little bit. You're not thinking about all this noise. Uh, it, there, there's another one too, the blackout moment. Yeah, have you ever heard of this? The blackout moment? You ever heard anybody talk about that? And yep. I've, I've heard people talk about it in fishing and in skateboarding a lot. You know, in skateboarding, you do a really scary trick, you know, jump down a big set of stairs, yeah. big handrail. You've tried it 10 times, hurt yourself back up there doing it. And the one time you land it, you're just riding away and you don't know what happened. I mean, don't even remember same, it. same thing with fishing, right? You yeah. catch it, you catch yeah. an eight, 10 pounder. And it's like, God, I hope someone was filming. Cause I don't even remember what just happened. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. That, that's one. I love watching some of the GoPro videos when they'd have a GoPro in me and they'd show the highlights. Cause it was awesome to catch that big fish, but to see it from third party, it's really awesome to catch that big fish because you're in the moment then, and then you get to see it, and it's like, wow. Um, probably the scariest thing for me on skateboarding when I was a kid was dropping into my first big vertical bowl, man. When you yeah. take that first step off that vertical wall, you're that takes all the guts you've ever had just to post job drop in to drop in man. yeah it's so okay and then you do it and you're like oh that was super easy that wasn't bad that wasn't bad yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is the craziest thing yeah that's the only thing that you know fishing for me other than driving a bass boat in crazy waves that's the only thing yeah. i can compare uh yeah. danger wise and, and rush wise really yeah. like at the physical level but uh yeah. something about just hooking a fish Okay. It's kind of like going four wheeling. You don't want to get stuck, but the thing that gets you excited, almost getting stuck, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the further you are from home, the better it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I got a I got a this is a question from Pat. Uh-oh. Um, is he watching? I'm sorry, Pat. <laughs> he's probably sleeping, but uh he might be watching. But he just wanted to know, are you ever in a bad mood? Like a um, sincere question. I, I get very disappointed after tournaments driving home alone. Not in a bad mood, but I mean, if someone was in the truck with me, I probably wouldn't be that much fun to talk to. Those long drive homes, I call it tournament hangover. All that 
anticipation, all that excitement. And it's not that you're mad. You're just disappointed. Um, my wife traveled with me for years and she's my biggest fan. And when we didn't do good, it was a rough day together the next day. And we weren't mad at each other. We just all the all that adrenaline went and you're like, Ugh. and I call it tournament hangover. You actually feel like you have a hangover. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you usually haven't slept enough too. So that too. It lives almost like a hangover. What's uh what's, what's the best therapy for it? What's your therapy for I, that tournament? I, I, I am so blessed that when I wake up, I want to go fishing. Uh, it doesn't matter if I just finish last in the tournament. The hair of the I dog. Can't, I can't wait to get home boat and truck cleaned up so i can go out and make up for it i want to go catch one i want to go pull on some after working so hard for a bite because when you're in a tournament and you can't get a bite it seems impossible it seems crazy you get so far in your head that you're not even having any fun so the first thing i want to do is just go to a pond where they're dumb as hell and catch <laughs> rip their heads off for a and that usually helps a lot. Yeah, that helps a lot. That, that is the best. That is the best. <laughs> I know. I know. We, you know, JP and I have fished a lot of team tournaments together, and and there's been several times we've been up in Wisconsin, and on our way home, I'm like, you know, we got the boat behind us, but there's just a pond in the suburbs on our way back to the city. You know, gonna stop and catch a few. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we didn't do well. It is so therapeutic. Oh. I fish I fish all day down here and come home and eat dinner and I've got two ponds here in my subdivision that I keep well stocked and then I always go over and catch one more for a nightcap. I mean it is it's I, I've never got my fill of catching fish. I've I've never got my fill of catching fish. And I've had some days where you catch them every cast. People say that we wouldn't be no fun if you caught them every cast. Those are awful fun days, let me tell you. Yeah. I've had the I've had the blessings of being uh, with some great fishermen on some great bodies of water. I mean, legends um, that have shared some incredible days of fishing with me. And I've, uh, yep. Yep. You know, uh, jo our new co-host here, Josh Sokol, he had him and I kind of wrote down the same question, but I want to throw this question to him about, uh, about a little bit of the seasickness. Josh, oh. that's what uh, what you got. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I've seen a few videos about you and sickness, <laughs> especially a guy who's fishing, you know, Ohio water and you know, fishing Erie and all that stuff. Yep. Um, are you seeing that consistently as an issue for guys who are coming up north um, at all, or is this something that's a little bit different for you? Um, yeah, no, it's always been tough. For, even as a kid, I was the uh, the one that had to sit up front or I got car sick. You know, I can't hardly read while a car is moving. I get just vertigo like um, and uh, that was a struggle because our circuits when I was young, we didn't go to the Great Lakes. We didn't have boats and equipment to go to the Great Lakes. But once they started sending us to the Great Lakes, I had no idea I got seasick until I got offshore up there, you know, and you get out in the Great Lakes. Well, it was seasickness is no joke dude it's like the worst hangover you've ever had you're just you're holding the rod but you're not even there fishing man it's it's you're faking it and uh i had i struggled with that for a long time because our circuits would get up there and i loved it you know when it was calm and i didn't get seasick but once i got seasick it was miserable um and I tried Dramamine, I tried eating things, I tried ginger, I tried all that crap. And really the best thing for it was 
like anything, you build up a tolerance for it. The more you get seasick, the more you go out there, you 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 you, you don't let yourself look down at the floor of the boat as much. You, if you start feeling it when you retie, you get back up and look around. Um, but the thing that really helped me is that damn patch. Um, finally, they came out with a good patch, and uh, you put it on the night before, and you forget it's on there, and you forget you get seasick. It's uh, it has really helped me. Uh, it's uh, that that you know, but back in the but yes, a lot of guys come up here that never knew. Uh, uh, I hate to say this, uh, he never admitted it, but if you watch the uh, FLW that Justin Lucas beat Josh Bertrand out on Gulf Shoal on Lake Erie, it was terrible, and Josh packed it in and went into Sandusky Bay, and. Wow. He didn't go into Sandusky Bay to Larchmouth. <laughs> I mean, he, he did, but <laughs> between you and me, he, wow, what a what a what a curse for a fisherman. Yeah. It's like the it's the worst thing. I thought he was uh, gonna say we were one time when we went to Buffalo. I had the uh, luxury of winning the points in the Northern Everstarts, and they were all on the Great Lakes that year. And Cody Krieger, we were at Buffalo. And I remember him. My wife said at the weigh-in stage, she goes, "Have you ever seen a man that was green? Cody's green. <laughs> he was so seasick. <laughs> he was green. He's turning I've into a Hulk." I've had co-anglers literally. I thought they were going to die, you know. And you can't take them in. You can't blow your tournament. But I, I had a guy once that laid on the floor of the boat, white as a ghost, and I would run from the back deck to the front deck and step on him on the way, you know. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad deal that's funny that you brought that up yeah it's a I, bad deal. you know i do i do some guiding on lake michigan here in chicago and and i had i had a client last year i mean it was like a it was a beautiful day on lake michigan lake michigan gets terrible oh, and, i know <laughs> and, and it was a it was like a i mean a one foot chop i'm like it's great out here and this guy this guy starts puking off the back of the boat I mean, yeah, and it's it's uh, a shame. What did you expect here? This is a great yeah. day. If it had been typical, this would have been a nightmare, you know. I love saltwater fishing, and a, a well-to-do friend of mine would try to get me to go offshore, and I kept saying no, 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 and he'd go, "Why?" I go, "I don't want to ruin the trip. You know, ten thousand dollar guide trip. We get out there in an hour, and I'm green. I don't want to be the guy that ruins the trip." Well, he got me to go out several times, and it wasn't rough, and I didn't get seasick, and we caught sail. It was the most exciting thing of my life. Well, then we went out once and I got seasick. And the, the way you can tell I'm seasick is I get quiet and I'm never quiet. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as a man, you try to hide it. You know, we're so tough. You don't want anyone to know. Well, yeah. you can't hide it. You think you can hide it. They know they're like, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing's wrong. You know, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. I gotta know as as someone who has a very hard time and just a constant struggle in organization. I've heard that you are the best at, st- at being organized. Your tackle, your rods, your reels. What, Aaron, you, Martin's, you ter- Aaron Martin's was the best. I'm a okay. clean freak, and I have OCD. Okay, uh, like real, and that's what. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like like you. I wrote the book on OCD, dude. dude okay. I wash my. Sometimes I wash my truck two times a day. Really. I mean, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I, it, I'll be wiping down the boat while I'm fishing. Gerald Swindle used to tell stories about me at seminars. I'll throw a jerk bait out and then wipe down, jerk, jerk, wipe down. But uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm a clean freak, which makes you real organized in your boat. Um, and yes, I, I, I know where everything is and I've got it stocked well. And to me, I was never the best fisherman. So anything I could do to give me an advantage in being organized and having my stuff rigged up and ready and multiple things rigged up. I was always amazed that you could go out in a tournament and a guy would break a bait off and he'd go, oh, I got to get another one rigged up. And you'd be like, did you not expect to break a bait off today? That's what you catch in all your fish on. You got one ready. I mean, remember uh, the show schooled by Denny Brower. Remember that show they had? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know it well. I mean, I watched that and he just completely roasted someone for not, not having a crankbait rigged up. And I was yeah, like, okay, I mean, a guy gets out I don't of have a crankbait rigged up. Yeah. Guy, <laughs> guy gets out of jig and starts trimming the skirt. I'm like, you didn't already trim the skirt. You know, I have the weed guard cut down. I've already got five with trailers on. I'm ready to go. You must yeah. have lost your mind when you saw, you know, remember the uh, uh, tournament that, uh, oh God, it just has his name. He went on a spinnerbait on Kentucky Lake. Um, uh, Wesley Strader. Yeah. And he was building spinner baits in the last oh, hour of the that? tournament. I drew out with like, Rowan Martin. He won. Back when I fished Bassmasters, they were draw tournaments, guys. These weren't pro ams, they were draw tournaments. You got paired pro on pro. Yeah. And I get repaired with Rowan Martin on Okeechobee. And in the middle of the day, he he sits down, strips all the line off a reel, and re puts all new line on a reel in the middle of the tournament day. I'm like, <laughs> What? <laughs> Your garage just went dark there. Yeah, I got motion detector. <laughs> that was rolling, chiming in. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so let me so let me give you they... this scenario then, because I know you're I, I know you say you're a neat freak and all this, but like, okay, so let's say um you're on a let's say you're on a bed fishing day and yep. you're going through a whole bunch of plastics. Yeah. So try you sw switching baits, switching baits up on them when you're on when you're on a bed and fish. Yeah, I got to pick you, them up. Are you are you pulling a plastic off, putting it back in its package? It goes in its little trash bag. No, it goes in its trash bag though. I'm I'm okay. adamant that everything. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. So have I don't. Use, bag, I'm so uh, OCD about how the plastic <laughs> hangs on the hook that once it's been on the hook, I can't put it on again. My okay. co-anglers pick up my used baits all the time. Sometimes I net a fish and I go, man, that's the same color worm I'm fishing. He goes, oh, those are yours. You've been laying them on the floor. So I quit putting them on the floor. I put them away now, so your co-anglers <laughs> can't pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, so what's next? I mean, what's, what's your, uh, what's it? Obviously you're, you're fishing the opens. You're, well, you're, you're trying to get back to the elites. Not really, but I'd love to get the invite and be able to pass. I'd like, I'd oh, like really? to prove to myself. I can read Oh, you know, if they invited me, I'm not sure I'd be able to pass, but well, we want you. Um, I, I, I fished the elites uh, from their conception for, I, I don't know how many years and 10 years before they were called the elites. And, when you're 20, 30, 40, that lifestyle is a dream. Mm -hmm. um, but probably the best thing that ever happened was when they told me you're not fishing the elites anymore. I didn't even know I wasn't doing that well, to be honest with you, because I was having so much fun and you get so wrapped up in the, the lifestyle and traveling from tournament to tournament. I, I didn't, this was way, this was a while ago before they warned you like next year, we're all, we're going to make some cut anyway. Um, I'm not blaming them. I deserve to get cut, but 
financially and lifestyle wise, you know, I'm a little older now. I have to sleep at night when I was I've had the all this energy all my life. And that's been my advantage. And I could run my business. I could keep my marriage together. I could fish the elites. I could fish FLW tour. I could drive all night and I'd stay up all night working on tackle. Well, now, daggone it. When I come in from fishing all day, I can't stay up all night and work on tackle. I can't drive all night to the next tournament. Um, so it, you know, all, everything happens for a reason, right? right. But Absolutely. if I would requalify for the elites, I'd be super proud. Uh, a couple years, second year after I didn't requalify, I was one spot out from requalifying. They took the top five, and I finished sixth. Uh, in one of the divisions. And then two years ago in the central divisions, I had a chance at requalifying going in the last one. But since they changed it to the EQs last year, all nine tournaments, I didn't do very well. And I'm not off to a great start this year, but I entered all nine because winning you're in. And I know that's how I got to a classic before. And you can't win a tournament or get to a classic if you're sitting at home. So that's right. And I'm still having a lot of fun at them. If I was not having fun, you know, I, I say every, like we get three in a row and I look at the wife and I'm like, oh, next year, maybe just one division. She goes, you say that every year. And then when it comes time to sign up. Take me back to that, uh, to that 2006, <laughs> that first year of the Elite Series. How, I mean, as a, as a fan, that was the most exciting time uh, it, watching basketball. Oh, I'd love to tell you about how, that. How dude. was it? I mean, oh. how how was that at, for the oh, anglers no, and everything? You hear this because this is this is this never gets discussed. It, it used to be the tour. It was like twelve hundred bucks a tournament. Right, right. It was and just a all of a sudden they send out thing. they send out this big old mailer to us all, and next year we're going to call it the elites. It's going to be eleven tournaments at uh, fifty five hundred dollars each. Fifty five thousand dollars. If you paid it up front. So that was a huge, we went from about $12,000 in entry fees to 50 plus. And And I was a young man. Well, right. Yeah. I was a young man. What's that? Boat wraps were mandatory. mandatory, But man, I was qualified, you know, and I'm like, daggone it. You know, I I, I figured they were going to pay 10 grand to the top half. 100 guys, 50 of them get 10 grand, 11 tournaments. If I can finish in the top half and half of them, I'll get my money back and I won't feel bad about the entry fees. Other than that, I'll be happy I'm there. If I can win back my entry fees, I can afford to do this. And I had the money to do it. So they gave you a discount if you paid it all up front. I was in a position I could pay it all up front. Well, I go to the first tournament at Lake Amistad, and I had pre-fished three of the lakes. First tournament was Lake Amistad, and I mean, we hit it when they 100-pound bags caught. And I'm an Ohio boy, right? I don't know about 100-pound bags. But (laughs) I had been there pre-fishing, and I thought I found some pretty good. Well, the first day, I bring in 16-12. First day of the first elite, I was in like 70th. And I'm like, that's not the top 50, Charlie. That ain't going to get you got to do better tomorrow. So the second day. I run clear to the other arm of the lake. I'm like, just throw that out. That wasn't good enough. Somewhere they're catching 30-pound bags. I got to be in at 3 o'clock, and at 1 o'clock, I've got 9 pounds. And I'm like, you thought 1612 was bad. Wait till you take 9 pounds to the scales at the elites. You know, you're going to get laughed out of here. 
So with two hours to weigh in, I run clear back to the other arm where I'd caught my 16 pounds the first. And I work through that little pocket. And next thing you know, I call. I call again. I catch a seven pounder. I call. I'm like, you know what? You're not going to get paid, but you're not going to be embarrassed standing in line now. And I'm down to like five minutes. And I turn around and I throw my Sanko up into that same tree. I caught that seven pounder. This was an Amistad was unreal. I've got to see some of these fisheries when they were unbelievable. And I throw up in there and my Sanko gets hung in that bush and I go up there to get it loose. And there's one under that bush that's this big <laughs> and the water's so clear and it's on a bed and I break my Sanko off and I push off that bush and I'm like, I'm going to catch that giant fish. Well, that fish followed my boat and the shadow of my boat right out to the middle of the cove. It did not stay on its bed. And I'm like, I know bed fish. You're not going to eat out here. Go get on your bed. And I'm looking at my watch and you can see her. This water so clear at Amistad, you can see her plain as day. And I'm like, what the hell? And I grabbed my flipping stick and I just stripped line straight down to her. And I felt my worm hit the bottom. And then I felt dunk. And I pulled straight up and it was a 10-4. And it runs straight out and I've got the drag tightened and I crank her in. That's when we could use nets and we had co-anglers. He scoops her. I grab her and I'd almost pulled the top of her mouth out of her lips. I'd pulled so hard. I'd almost ripped her off. I threw her in the live well. I call that last little one. We go screaming to the way in. I'm still screaming when we get to the check-in boat. I went from nine pounds to 12. 29 pounds and got my first check. Wow. That's awesome. That's the first elite. <laughs> so that was how the elite started. Yeah, yeah man. That, oh my God. I was that's like, incredible. that was easy. That was easy. No problem. See, my, the, my only complaint, and I realize it's unrealistic, but got all these stories, you know, that story you just told, I know I can told a story about like a 12 pounder where he threw up when he got his hands on her. And all these stories of no no cameras on these guys. I just I wish we could just have cameras in everyone's boat every day and take all the highlights. Yeah. I didn't even get big bass that day. I, I weighed my ten four, and I think Gary Klein weighed like a ten six right behind me. Uh, two tens in BASS competition. I weighed a ten eleven here on the Kissimmee chain. That yeah. was big bass number uh, for day two in that tournament. Bobby Lane weighed an eleven on day one. I weighed a 10 11 on day two and bobby lane weighed an 11 on day three i mean unreal was I, that I, was I, that you was that your biggest at the time at uh, in bass masters but not no, my yeah, biggest not my biggest is 11 11 anyway next week i'm going to santee for our next open yeah and uh we just got to watch major league fishing there and the only good thing about that is they released all their fish right where they caught them so they didn't haul them to a weigh-in that's so right. even though there was a big tournament there right ahead of us, at least they left all the fish in the same place. And when we just fished Okeechobee, the Toyotas had been there. Their, their last day was our first day of practice. So uh, I am, uh, I don't know about this having live when we're off limits and then showing up at a lake. I mean, our first day of practice right. was the final 20 going out in the Toyota. And I go, well, are we supposed to line up with them? At blast off and just follow them out. Is that what our first day of practice is supposed to be? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel right about that, so I didn't line up with them. You know, um, um, 
Yeah, yeah they, had, they, they had a situation, uh, you know, last week about uh, last week or this week. Uh, this week, I think there was a there was like a high school four hundred fifty boat high school tournament yeah. going on the first day of practice of the elites. It's like you know, there's there's got to be something. There's got to be some kind of a mutual respect here where you're not. I, I, you know what? You made me think oh. of something that uh, someone mentioned earlier. They were John Cox and Pat were talking about. Uh, someone showing up at your hole the next day. Yeah. And we've all had that happen. But mm-hmm. when I made, uh, I came in second to Edwin Evers at Ufala in a tour event. If you look it up on TV, great video. Um, but when the last day top 10, they put us in uh, Bassmaster boats. I'm in a Sitco boat and they got a camera boat following you. And I go running to where I've been fishing for three days. And I mean, I've been killing them in this spot. And when I get there, there's a boat. And, of course, negative, negative, negative. Gosh darn it, you know, gone it. I've been here every day. And as I get closer, it's two young kids. It's their first club tournament of the year. They launched in the creek I ran to. They've been waiting all year to fish that spot. Yep. And when you look at both sides of it, it's like those kids didn't run in here to mess me up. I'm messing them up just as bad, you know. And yeah. it, it's a... Uh, you know, you communicate and you try to always look at both sides of it. You know, you right. know when someone's screwing you over, but you also know when, man, we've just run into each other. You know, this is a shame for both of us. Neither of us want any ill will here, but it our our our, our venues are public, and that's part yep. of tournament strategy. Everyone deals with that. You know, everyone loses a fish. That's why my wife says, never get on the stage and talk about the ones you lost. I hate guys that say that. Everyone lost fish today, you know. Yeah, um, we all have to f- play with the the weather. We have to play with bad uh, boat numbers. We have to play with, you know, all kinds of stuff. Every guy and and I hear all these excuses, but you know what? At the end of the year, they keep score. They keep score every tournament. This is yep. where you finished. You can tell me about your boat trouble. You can tell me about your bad draw. You can tell me about this fish that got away. Here, they kept score for 10 tournaments. Here's where you finish. That's where you finish. <laughs> right. yeah, that, go ahead. Since you're talking about the drama, I mean, I can't believe we've gone this far in a podcast and we haven't brought up forward. I knew you were going to do it. Ah, gonna there he goes. Uh, what? Just what's your thoughts on it? Are you you're out there doing it? it? I'm not against it, but I, I fear... It removes the wonder from fishing. Fishing is wonderful, and it's removing the wonder. When I rode my bike to a farm pond to catch a bass, I didn't want a camera to tell me if there were any bass out there. I wanted to dream that there was a 10-pound bass in that pond. Mm -hmm. And it's removing some of the wonder. I'm not not against it. It's probably going to get more kids into the sport than we ever would have had because it's the coolest video game in the world to them. And very interactive. Most I'm a boat captain all the time and kids get bored quick out there. I, unless you love fishing, I think you, a a big suggestion here. I've been promoting youth tournaments should be four hours. You should not make kids fish for eight hours. They hate it by the end of the day. They're bored to death. Um, They don't have the attention span. I didn't when I was young, but uh, what do you think? I just fear it. But it's amazing. I mean, I hate to sound like an old man. I don't want to say, oh, this isn't how you fish, you know. That's, yeah. I don't want to be that way either. 
and, get off and, my lawn. Yeah, at Watchtaw, yeah, I cut every single my one of my fish off it. I spent my whole practice doing it. I'm not going to get run over. I'm a little late to the party, but if this is how you catch fish now, I'll catch fish this way. And yeah. it's fun. I get yeah. a sore neck. The more you do it, the less your neck gets sore. Um, and you got to know what to do <laughs> when they're not chasing it anymore, when they don't eat it immediately. I'm not as experienced with it, so on day two, when they'd come right up to my jig head minnow and not eat it, I didn't know what to do for sure. I'd try raising it, try lowering it. I tried different things. So I'm still experimenting. So yeah. it's still fun. There's still definitely skill, but it's not fishing. What, what, what I love to do, I want to skip a dock. I want to flip my big yeah. old jig with pork rind on the back at the base of a cypress tree. I want to catch one on a buzz bait. You know, we, we caught right. one of the reasons I winter in Florida is I'm a trash fisherman. I'm a visual fisherman. I want to throw at lily pads, grass lines, you know, 10 feet deep, deep down here, you know, but, but, that's <laughs> just, but in tournaments, I learned when I was young, you can't always fish the way you enjoy fishing. You need to fish the way the fish are feeding if you're going to do good in the tournament. And if that's dragging a Carolina rig out on a point, then that's what you did, you know. Yeah, that's the only that's the only thing I would say is like it's it's the same. You know, there's always been techniques that we didn't really prefer. You know, I I could say I didn't like drop shotting, but sometimes you get a drop shot. And if you don't like live scope, sometimes you gotta scope them. Um, but I do think that there's gonna be a lot of kids 10, 20 years from now that as they grow up, they're gonna you're gonna ask them how they got into fishing and somebody showed them live scope and they thought it was cool. And I, I do think that's gonna happen because it is yep. It is something, you know, you take a 10 or 12 year old out that's sitting on their iPad all day playing video games and you show them this but and something does, pulls back and they catch a fish. That's, that's more it, fun. It takes the mystery out of it for yeah. the angler and especially for the fans watching. Yeah. And yeah. What's it going to do to co-anglers? Like, oh, that's fine. It's looking like every. Oh, it's horrific. It's already had its effect. Yeah. yeah. Now nah, you just got to keep your bait in the water. Yeah, we had a co-angler show up in Okeechobee with his own live scope for the back deck. Yeah, that, I mean, I think that's yep. probably what's going to happen. Yep, that's it, it's a it's a shame because I wouldn't want to fish with a live scoper. No, and it's it, it. We noticed it in the opens already. I mean, we're going yeah. out without co-anglers all the time now because they're not interested in a scoping tournament. I, I don't, don't know. I don't. I don't see it as a. You know, I, I think you just got to keep your. And I don't want to get too far into this, but. But I you think, did it. Uh, you brought it up. Yes, yes, well, we have to. <laughs> but, but I think that if uh, you know, if you're a co-angler and you go into it and say this guy's scoping, I'm not going to catch anything. Then you're definitely not going to catch anything. You need to keep your bait in the water and get a bite. As a co-angler, I mean, I've done it. And and I when you're behind a really good flipper, you know, I've heard you talk about it, Charlie. When you're saying you ain't leaving anything for the guy, you you still got to flip. Still got to flip, and if you're out there in the middle of nowhere, you still got to cast. And if I tell him, open around fish, he's around yep. fish. So get a bait out there, and you, you'll luck into one. You only need three of the opens as a couple. There's been a lot of money one off my back deck. I tell my co-anglers right. that, dude. I go, I'm not the best fisherman on this lake, but I'll put us on them. We're gonna be on fish today. <laughs> I had a co-angler once tell me, he goes, "Oh, I was so excited when I got paired with you. My dad and I follow this. We both fish as co-anglers." Your co-anglers always smoke them, Charlie. You're always on them, man. I can't wait to go. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a good thing. You are if you're around them, you're around them, and they're gonna catch them. Um, anything, anything outside of the live scope, and anything that you, 
um, in tournament bass fishing that you'd like to see happen or anything, anything new that you you've been wanting to happen uh, again, separate from the live scope, but yeah, no, no, no. Um, I'd like to see those kids tournaments cause I'm a boat captain a lot be four yep. hours. Four I hours. really would. I love being a boat captain cause I'm entertaining. I mean, I can keep kids entertained for eight hours. But most of them old guys have got to take those kids out. They're just sitting there like a lump on a log, you know. They're not entertaining those kids. That's a long day. Um, no, I love that we've – I mean, I started a fishing club when I was in junior high school, and it's still in existence, and they named the high school club after me, the Hartley Hogs. Awesome. I, think the, I think the high school fishing, the middle school fishing, the college fishing is so awesome. I do fear, again – that so many of them are drawn to it because of the big truck and the big boat and not the fishing. Um, I've had guides tell me that their dad will take a kid out with them and the kid gets bored in an hour and the dad's like, I thought you were all into this fishing. You're on the internet and everything. Well, they don't really like the fishing part. They like the internet part. They like the big truck. They see Skeet's big truck. They see that fast boat with all the glitter on it. They see the jerseys. But eight hours of fishing, oh, that's a long day. That's a lot of work. I mean, that's probably our problem in America. People don't want to work real hard yeah. for the rewards. I don't know about you. but real I, hard I, for the rewards. You know, like I know that I think we're on the same page of loving fishing. But when I, I've, I've fished with some guys, and I'm sure you have too, but you have them in your boat. And then they're like, you know, even some guys that fish a little bit. And they'll be like, after five, six hours, they're like, eh. Hey, go get, you know, we're on a fishing trip or something. You know, go get, what do you think, go get dinner? I'm like, what? What do you mean? We're staying out here till dark. My head head almost explodes when I think about someone that would rather be doing something than we're doing right now. Even if we haven't had a bite in four hours. But we need to understand we're the oddball. We're the I guess, yeah. We're the .01%. And, And that's why our sport isn't any bigger than it is. You, we are passionate about it. We right. love fishing, but not you. You meet an awful lot of people every day that have no interest in fishing at all. <laughs> have I ever said like, "Let's go in early"? You not, no. Well, once, but we both said it because <laughs> I've had a lot of we're a lot of my at Gunnersville, and it was raining, and I think it was twenty nine degrees, and we were <laughs> we our body like we couldn't move. Yeah, we had been out there ten hours. We still and, did, yeah, twelve hours. <laughs> I I get a little spoiled because I get a fish all the time. But one time I was at Chickamauga and I'd been there for a week pre-fishing. And uh, I woke up and it was a Saturday and it's pouring down rain. I'm like, "Ah, I'm just going to wait a while, you know. Yeah. Well, when I got to the ramp, it's Saturday. And here's all these people fishing off the bank and ponchos. And I'm like, you spoiled brat. You're going to stay in because it's raining a little bit. These people have been dreaming all week of going fishing. They're standing yep. on the bank in ponchos. <laughs> Get out there. Yeah. Charlie, what's up? What's up next? You got the you got the next open coming up. Anything else? You got a Thursday yeah, morning? Or Thursday and, uh, uh, what else is coming up? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm excited about Santee. Let me tell you quick about Santee. Our uh, okay. club, uh, when I got in the bass club, the Allen Creek Bassmasters, our spring trip, uh, was to Santee way before internet, way before anyone knew who Santee was. When Santee had grass, when Santee had, it still got giant fish. It used to even be better. And uh, my first 10 pounder and my 
PB were out of Santee. When I was like 20, I got pictures of my 11-11 and 10-pounder that week. And our club went down there every year this time of the year. And it finally got on the Bassmaster schedule the first time when I was on the tour. And none of those guys had ever been there. And, that you know, no internet, no nothing. And they're like, Charlie, are we going to catch him at Santee? We've heard a lot about this Santee Cooper. Are we going to catch him? And I looked at him and I said, boys, you're going to knock their eyes out. I mean, this place is unreal. And that's when they, you know, first time we went, they broke the big bag record and the three or four day record. It, it was crazy. O.T. Fears. There's a name you haven't thought of in years. O.T. Fears won it. Oh, anyway. <laughs> So I'm super excited for Santee. Watching that uh, video last week, that live, um, yeah. I mean, it was 30, 40 years ago. I fished there a bunch, and uh, I could still recognize those cypress trees. Cypress trees don't go away, son. They're 30, 40 years old. They just get a little bigger. Um, so awesome. So I'm super excited to go there. That place is unreal. And then I saw on the Internet today we lost a real good old-time fisherman, and we should mention it, Randall Romig. I, I don't know if you know the name, from Pennsylvania. Went to many classics. Uh, when you're from up north and you're a young kid, you follow any pro that's from up north that did good in Bassmasters. Those were the guys that made me think I could go fish the Bassmasters. So we lost Randall uh, in his 70s uh, last um, week. Rest in peace, Randall. Yeah, I did. I did hear about that, and yeah, it's uh, it's always a, it's always a shame when we lose one of the one of the OGs. It's it, we are really gifted to be in a sport where our legends are still yeah alive. Our sport's young, man. Fifty it years is. young. Fifty classics. I mean, our sport's pretty young, pretty neat, and we're going to see a lot more changes, a lot more rule changes, format changes. Yeah, it took baseball. A lot of years before they figured out nine innings and three strikes, and they raised the mound, lowered the mound, they did it all. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're gonna. We're I think we're gonna. Yeah. I know you don't want to talk about it, but we're probably gonna have to. I hate the word limit, but how many transducers do you need? I'm not saying taking forward faces <laughs> sonar away, but yeah, right. Yeah, I don't. I, think- I don't really want to see him when I'm running sixty miles an hour. I mean, I don't want to be able to see him when I'm running 60. Which yeah, is you're next. supposed to look at where you're going. That's next. Next, we're going to see him when we're going 60 miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, that becomes a safety thing at that point. If you're not look, if you're not looking at where you're going, that's that's a problem. But but yeah, Santee Cooper, and then I got uh, maybe four or five weeks off before the next uh, Bassmasters, and I hope to come back here and then uh, not go back up north till after the you know like Logan Martin or one of those. Well, yep. go go win that thing. Go win one of them. Hey, you did a great job, dude. You did a thank great you, job. Thank you, Charlie. I appreciate that, no, man. I, uh, big shoes to fill. Pat is yeah. unbelievable. Like you said, he's exceptional. He's a very exceptional person. Yes. Yeah, I watch him. I watch him when we do a lot of things that I'm like, I would be shaking like a leaf if I was doing this right now. And he's just like, yeah, hey, what are we doing? You know, I'm like, he's scared. He's just not telling you. He's scared. (laughs) I seen him nervous one time interviewing Rick Clon. That's his hero. That's the only time I saw a little, little bit of a finger twitch. That was it. Coolest dude on the planet, Rick Clon. Coolest dude still on our planet. Yep. Um, What's that, Josh? uh, Speaking of being nervous, like you were saying there. Um, I mean, we've got Ryan here. We got JP and myself. I mean, we just uh, when we hear Charlie Hartley in general, I mean, you're the guy that makes you're the cool guy in fishing. You're the guy that makes it's a true. smile. And a little bit earlier, I almost swore that I saw John Cox and Brandon Lester smiling, too, when they heard your name. Yes. Uh, 
is that how big of a weight on your shoulders is that being the guy that everybody looks up to in fishing? I mean, you have to be the guy that if somebody thinks of, you know, smiling and having a good time fishing and just really loving it, you're the guy. That's what makes me smile is uh, those guys saying that. Uh, the reason I go to these tournaments is so many people say so many nice things to me uh, that I want to be there. I, I had a co-angler the other day and we headed out through getting our number call and he looked at me and he goes, are you the mayor of Bassmasters? It's like, everyone knows you. Everyone says, hi, everyone says, have a great, are you the mayor of Bassmasters? I go, no. Just say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. That's all, it is. <laughs> all right, Charlie. Hey, we had a blast with you, Charlie. Thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We're rooting for you. We want to see you back in a classic. I want to see you keep hosting because Pat's moving on to bigger, better things. And you're going to be the new stray cast, the new face of stray cast. So you better start letting that hair grow. <laughs> I don't know if it's an option anymore. I'll grow it from my face. We'll go longer there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Charlie. Good job. Really Thank you. Fun. I had fun. Thank you very much. And, uh, and, and hopefully we'll see, I'll see you on the water again shortly. I, I hope you come fish again. Come on. I will. I will. Fishing. I just yeah, got to raise those. Got to save those pennies. What so are they we'll doing? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Bye, buddy. Care, man. Charlie Hartley. Awesome. So, so fun. Um, so I guess, I guess all we got to do now is uh, give away some prizes, right? Prize time. Oh, boy. Prize time. Yes. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So where should we start here? Let's start with the 10 cup. The 10 cup fun pack. Uh, the winner for the tin cup is Vernon Sanchez. Vernon Sanchez, congratulations! Yeah. You want a tin cup fun pack? Please message J.R. Ewing at Rock and Shoal Fantasy at the Straycast page. Uh, you're gonna direct message Straycast, but uh, mention J.R. Ewing, Rock and Shoal Fantasy, and he will get that over to you. And the Berkeley winner. Uh, courtesy of John Cox and Pat Renwick is Justin Sears. Justin Sears. This is going to be an awesome pack. I know that. I know that John is very generous with this, with this prize packs. And uh, you're going to love that. Justin Sears, please message straight cast, uh, uh, direct message. And we need, you know what? We need one more. We need one more. Andy, uh, are you there? Yeah, we're supposed to give away the cock pack. Um, Andy, if you could grab a winner clip and uh, or if you just want to come on and announce it, that would be awesome. But that that cockside that is a very limited edition. Yeah, well, caught, I believe it caught a twenty pound bag. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe, believe that was in a tournament. Um, yeah, he's just hacking bills off a crankbait. Coming right yeah, off insane too right now. Um, while he's doing that, I uh, yeah, I can give an announcement on a. We got an upcoming absolutely JP. Yeah. Big tournament by uh hosted by the Calsag Bass Anglers. Yes. And the conduct conjunction with the South Shore Convention and Visitors Authority and the Hammond Marina. It's a thirty thousand dollar potentially open tournament on yes. Lake Michigan team tournament. Uh August third and fourth. August third and fourth this year. This year, 2024 website should be live this week. You can already get most of the info 
and and pre-register on Eventbrite. Eventbrite.com. Okay. That's where you buy like tickets. Like so it'd be Eventbrite South Shore Bass Open. Yep. Or you can just Google it and it pops up right. Just Google it. It's gonna be a big um, tournament. It's gonna be a big time. Uh, it's gonna be insane. It's going. We're going out of Hammond, right? Yep. Hammond, Indiana. This is. You know, we have not had a major tournament in this area since the Bassmasters Classic um, in 2000. And, uh, you know, CalSag Bass Anglers started with an awesome single circuit, uh, which is still rolling, too, on, on the CalSag and on Lake Michigan. And um, and now adding this uh, large team tournament, you know, I'll put it $400 entry fee. Um, I believe it's paying 100%. I don't want to say that, but I know it's paying a lot. Um, and there's going to be a large purse, you know, I think we're capping it at 150 boats. There's going to be more information out there probably in the next week, but yeah, very, keep your eyes out for very, it very soon. Yeah. We just wanted to get the word out there. There's going to be, be huge more than just the tournament. There will be family fun stuff all weekend. I mean, yep. Right. You got full, it, Ryan. Stage, full stage weigh in and, uh, vendors and whatnot. Andy, you got, uh, you got another name. Oh, we got it. We're going with. Uh, the winner of the cock side, the, yeah, the yeah, special yeah. John Cox crankbait that caught him a bag at Toledo Bend, Michael Hunt. Michael Hunt. You want to congratulations? Mike Hunt. Yep. Mike Hunt. Yep. He's saying it. Michael Hunt. Uh, congratulations. You won the cock side. So please direct message straight cast. And, uh, Congratulations again. But thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, White River Knives, Omnia Fishing, Sims, Bob's, Machine Shop, Impulse Lithium, Power Pole, Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey, Berkeley Fishing, Abu Garcia, and Waterland Sunglasses, and, of course, CalSag Bass Anglers. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, JP. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, Sean Cox. Thanks, Brandon Lester. Thanks, Charlie Hartley. See ya. Peace. Later, Bass Galaxy. Hello, everybody. I'm Bill Dance. No, just kidding. This is Pat. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Straycast on iTunes and leave a review. Tell us what you think. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Peace.